Welcome to the Get Clear with Crystal Ware podcast, the place where we get clear on our goals, own our worth, and learn to be the CEOs of our own lives. I'm your host, Crystal Ware, lawyer and former Fortune 500 corporate leader who found the confidence to say goodbye to a lucrative career and start my own business. Now I'm opening up the playbook and sharing everything I've learned to get you there faster. It may not be easy, but it will always be worth it because you are made for more. So put on your big girl pants, jump on board, and let's reach for the stars. Are you ready to get clear? Welcome back to Get Clear with Crystal Ware. I am the host, and today we're going to be talking about how to handle being underestimated. This can happen to you in so many different circumstances, but of course, we're going to be primarily looking at it from work and business perspective. And what led me to want to discuss this today is that I was listening to another podcast where the beautiful, amazing, super successful and talented Emma Hernan from Selling Sunset was being interviewed by some other people. And she was talking about how she entered a business meeting and the people essentially thought maybe she was an assistant, maybe she was um, the receptionist or something else and totally did not know that she was going to be an investor on the project and that she likely had more money and or more money to invest than the other people sitting at the table. So it brought up the thought to me on what to do when you are underestimated, how to handle that, how to feel about that, you know, all the things that go along with that. And then as I was preparing for that, it also made me think about something else, what to do with the beauty bias when it comes to work and other areas of our life. So I'm going to start by talking about the beauty bias and then roll that into what to do when you're kind of underestimated. Because in so many ways, those things can go hand in hand, right? Like our visual perception, the way we look on the outside, it is a natural uh, part of being human and being an animal in and of itself that we are judging others based on their outward appearances. Sometimes that can be good. Sometimes that can be bad. And in Preparing, one of the things, one of the statistics that I found, which I thought was crazy, but yet, you know, eye opening, is that when we talk about the beauty bias, we often think about that on the positive. You know, there's a stereotype if you're blonde, if you're beautiful, that must be inversely proportionate to your brain. So the more beautiful you are, the more blonde, the more bubbly the less intelligent you are. Well, we all know that that's not true. And Emma Hernan is a great example of that. She is super blonde, super bubbly, and super beautiful, three Bs. But she's also extremely intelligent. She's super sophisticated when it comes to business. And she has amassed a great deal of wealth and business building from that. So obviously her beauty, her looks, her personality, her bubbliness had nothing to do with where she was going to be on success level. You know? Um, So we think about that beauty bias from the positive aspect many times, but there's also another statistic out there that women are 16 times, 
16, one six times more likely to be affected in their job depending on their weight. So that can be a harsh reality and something that women also have to face. So we have on the one hand, the beauty bias of being, um, you know, on what, you know, would be considered the upper end of beauty. And then on the other end, we have a bias against women with weight complications or weight issues. So women are really getting it on both ends of the spectrum. That can be really, really hard to deal with. You know, what is the right thing? Um, I also had a clip at one point, um, I might have shared it on my Instagram, where um, the diplomat with Carrie Russell, uh, you know, I don't want to give it away, the show, but one of the clips that they were talking about, there was this um, political person who helps kind of a political strategist, basically, uh, and was talking about what women had to deal with, that you have to be bitchy, but not too bitchy, beautiful, but not too beautiful. All these like standards that we have to deal with out there that we really have to be on such a straight and narrow, you know, right in the middle ground. You can't be too aggressive or you're a bitch. You can't be too beautiful or you're stupid. You can't be too pushy or you're domineering. You know, all of these things where we have to fall so close to the midline that it's really unrealistic. And, you know, there's a bell curve for a reason. There are people on each end of the spectrum. There are super calm people. There are super quiet people who are probably often underestimated. I mean, I know one of my good friends who's extremely successful, who is a soft-spoken person, but I tell people before they go into a business meeting with her, be cautious just because she's soft-spoken does not mean she's a pushover or that she lets anything fly. She is on it. I worked with another woman who had a sweet, sweet little pixie type haircut, was very calm, very centered. Um, in many ways, you might even call her demure. But once you started work with her, or if you went into meetings and negotiations with her, you quickly saw that that was just her physical self. What was inside was just as aggressive as I am. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's my natural state. My natural personality is kind of loud and aggressive and, you know, uh, kind of out there with who I am. Well, that might not be everybody's natural state, but that doesn't mean that's who they are. And so how do we deal with these things? How do we work around these things? I just want to pause and say thank you to all the amazing people tuning in and making this show a success and to share some exciting scoop. I am opening up for the first time ever one-on-one coaching. We have two options available, the Executive Edge two-week program and the Career Catalyst six-week program, which will use my proprietary Earn It framework. If you're ready to propel your professional journey, crush your salary goals, or need someone to coach you through a big career decision, let's conquer it together. Limited spots for unlimited empowerment. Links to sign up will be in the show notes and in the link tree on my Instagram and LinkedIn site. See you there. Some of the other things that women 
deal with on the beauty spectrum, whether they're on the um, poor end or the high end of the beauty is microaggressions, uh, comments about their appearance where most people wouldn't even think about commenting on a man's appearance. Uh, They might say, you know, small things here and there that aren't outwardly or largely um, critical, but they are subtly critical. You're not going to see that with um, a man, whether they're extremely handsome or overweight, the same way you would with women. Then it comes to the perception of their competence. Um, You have that on both ends of the spectrum with women, whether you're too beautiful or not beautiful enough. Um, How they may find challenges with work-life balance and the um, view that they're spending too much time on their outward appearance, investing too much time to make themselves look beautiful. And then promotion weights. Just like you expect to see that um, if somebody is lesser attractive or more overweight, more attractive women also have a difficult time in getting promoted to certain roles. That can especially be seen when the organization is largely made up of women uh, and women can be your biggest competition. I've never felt that way. I've always tried to help other women up. I've worked with people. I've wanted to have, you know, relationships with the people I worked with. I wanted to have a true familial experience. Like that is very important to me. But I have seen where so many women are backstabbing, conniving, manipulative, and they will say to your face that they're doing one thing and they're doing something else. So when you see organizations that are largely women, Uh, It may be even more difficult for attractive women to get ahead because there's a competitive factor that other people don't want to see you succeed because you're already so beautiful. And that can be really traumatizing to a person that's dealing with that. So when we think about that, when we think about the things that we're having to deal with, be conscientious of it. How do we get over it? How do we get beyond it. Well, the number one thing that I always tell people is why fight it? If the culture is there that isn't going to treat you in the right way, find a place that is a better fit. But I also like to mention that for women to be cognizant, if you may have some kind of you know, subconscious that's holding you back from people that you're working with based on their appearance, Are you underestimating somebody because of their looks? Are you not giving somebody the right um, priority or the right promotion? Uh, Or are you not giving them the opportunity to really connect and align with you because of something with their physical appearance? Think about how that would feel for you and then think about whether or not you wanted to be the person doing that to somebody else. We all have to deal with that already in the world that we live in. Like it is just part of society. We have to find a way to work within that. But helping other women where we can, whether they're on the the side of the spectrum that may have a bias about their weight issues or on the other side of the bias about somebody that's so beautiful. 
So I thought that was really, really interesting in how Emma was talking about some of these issues that she's faced because she is, like I said, the three Bs, beautiful, blonde, and bubbly. And believe me, (laughs) I've never had a negative stereotype because again, I really just don't see people as my competition that way. But I did always think about as a natural brunette, um, I've never even had light brown hair as a child. I always had medium to dark brown hair, a mom that had blonde hair and a sister that came out with golden hair. And I always thought, gosh, wouldn't it be grand to have blonde hair? So there's this always something kind of like special about those blonde haired people. And while we think about it in just our daily lives like that in a positive manner, it turns into a negative connotation when it comes into the office oftentimes. And so we just need to be cognizant of that. And we definitely don't want to be shunning people because of the way they look or, you know, passing people over. Um, And we don't want that to happen to us. And on the bigger scale of just what do you do when you're underestimated at work? You know, I have been in board meetings where I was the youngest person there. I was the least tenured, least senior, least, you know, I had the lowest position and I was one of the only women or the only woman that was in the room. And so how do you go about that? What do you do when you're in those situations? Or what if you're Emma Hernan or another investor and you're going into a room and you're going to be negotiating for a deal or a business opportunity and you're uh, one of the three Bs, beautiful, blonde, bubbly, And you walk into the room and you're underestimated by the other people that are there. How do you handle that? How do you handle that in your career if you're underestimated? If you feel like your value is not being brought forward and people don't understand what your value is, how do you handle that? Um, And how do you treat other people and give them the right opportunity, right? Because it's an equal side. We want people to be cognizant of these factors for ourselves. And then in turn, we need to be cognizant of those factors for other people. But... You should first and foremost use it as a benefit to you. Okay, there's many benefits that come from being underestimated. You need to always remember that don't take it personal. If they don't see your strengths, it doesn't mean they exist. Don't let people question you or not viewing you in the way that you view yourself to turn that, don't allow your inner voice to turn that into imposter syndrome for you. You are in the room. You are meant to be there by that fact alone, right? So what do you do with it? Well, this is a good time to work hard and fail. If people are underestimating you, then the bar is not as high as the bar that you're setting for yourself. So let that allow you to take chances, to take risks, to work harder and to fail because the lower expectations are there. It's not going to be um, a big deal if you experience some kind of failure. And as you work your way up into the success, failure is the biggest teacher that there is for us, right? Like living and learning. You know, your mom told you so many things about what it was going to be like when you had kids, but you didn't know until you actually experienced it. It's the same way. Failure will teach you so, 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 so many things. So allow that to give you that opportunity. And then on top of that, 
when you fail your way to success, you're going to find your own way. You're going to discover things about yourself that you didn't know existed. You're going to root into yourself more. You're going to come up with solutions that other people did not come up with that gives you a higher chance of not just hitting success, but blowing out of the water. And then the third benefit of that is that people are going to be so shocked and awed because they underestimated you. So there it is. Now you're a shining success and people are like, wow, this is amazing. So it turns into an extraordinary possibility, an extraordinary situation when you're able to do that. You also need to make sure that to the extent it matters for you, um, that your achievements are brought into the picture. How do you do that? How do you talk about those things where it doesn't sound like you're bragging or you're pulling things out? You can simply say things like, well, when I had the opportunity to do this, this is what I did to achieve X. You can tie in your experience and your story with something that is going to benefit the conversation. You can also go around and build supporters and allies so that other people see you, other people are speaking up about you. And so that underestimation may lessen over time. Being extremely confident. And being extremely confident means that you don't always have to lead with who you are and what you can do and what you're there for. Sometimes it's totally okay and actually more of a benefit to be quiet in a meeting and just speak up when things are necessary. You can also take being underestimated and create, you know, that let that anger be felt within you and root into that. Don't act upon it, but let it serve as a motivator to prove these people wrong, to make these people that are underestimating you really want to turn around and say, whoa, who is this girl? Who is this person that I didn't really put stock into, right? And you do that by speaking up and talking or showing yourself when you have something really worthwhile to say. Not just talking to talk, not just talking to have your voice heard, but talking to really bring critical issues, critical insights to the conversation. And so, you know, if we turn back again to Emma Hernan, And her way of doing it was just to really laugh it off and know in her heart where she was on the financial spectrum, what she had to offer, what kind of room she had been in before. And when you have that kind of confidence in your heart, you don't really need to prove yourself to anybody else. So the best thing you can do if you feel like you're being underestimated is to find and own your own value and then slowly work your way into rooms where people might also see and feel your value. If you're not being as you know, if you're being underestimated or not pushed forward by your boss in a different circumstance where you're at, you know, a corporate job, then how are you going to align yourself with people who will push you forward, who will speak up for you? And and at the end of the day, you just have to ask yourself, does it matter? Are the people that are underestimating me, do they matter? Do they matter for my job? Do they matter for my career? Do they matter for my life? Does their opinion of me really change anything in the grand scheme? If the answer is no to all those questions, well, who gives a shit? Then it's just a piece of our ego, right? Then it's just our ego saying, well, don't they know who I am? And don't they know what I've done? No, they don't. And they don't care. And why do you care? But if it's the situation where it's a group that you want to get into or where it's your supervisors, where you want to be promoted 
or it's a organization where you're trying to get into um, a new project or something like that, then it may matter more. And don't let it get to you. It's not usually personal. There are snap decisions that we as humans make about people for all kinds of reasons. What you need to do is figure out how to bolster yourself in a way that is meaningful, in a way that is still humble, that positions you forward. And a lot of times you need advocates to do that. So aligning yourself with the right kind of people in your organization that will speak good of you, those are where you need to be. You want to be in a room full of people that are going to sing your praises and put you forward. And if you're not, those rooms exist. You just have to find the right one. So that's our message today on being underestimated and what the beauty bias can do for us. Cause I do think those things kind of go hand in hand. If you've experienced this, send me a note and let me know how it went for you and how you overcame it. Don't forget you are made for more. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter and make sure that you are getting actionable tips to build up your career in life and stay encouraged. The worst thing you can do is let anybody else's judgment of you hurt your own judgment of yourself. Because at the end of the day, what you think and what God thinks is really all that matters. All right, until next time, keep getting clear. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you wanna create a career you love, get the salary you deserve and build the confidence to live life on your own terms, sign up for my free newsletter, where you'll get actionable tips to raise your worth, build your wealth, create freedom, and create a life you absolutely love. Head over to crystalwaremedia.com to sign up or click the link in the show notes and join thousands of others making their dreams a reality. Whether you're just embarking on the journey or well on your way, the Worthful newsletter has something for you. See you next week.